Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. We have been talking about what's happening in Charlottesville. It's breaking news and the president has already addressed it. Uh, a clash between an alt-right group called Unite the Right over the removal of a Robert E. Lee statue met with other protests. And the governor declared a state of emergency, said it was an unlawful assembly. And for me, this brings up a whole host of other issues. I feel like this clash has been promoted by the powers that be to create problems among us, divisions among us, for, for many reasons, or at least several reasons. But the one thing that I'm worried about, uh, one of the things I'm worried about, always the most important thing to me, is our rights. And I feel like the First Amendment, our right to assemble, our right to petition, our right to free speech and the press are all under attack this year. And I have to say, I saw it coming. It was the Fifth Amendment last year. That's, that is still going to be, I think, actually, the Fifth Amendment's coming maybe next year. The Fourth Amendment was uh, maybe Obama's. Maybe the First Amendment is Trump's. I don't know. But I worry that as we march towards a more tyrannical or totalitarian society, and I'm not saying, as Trump just said, it's not Trump, it's not Obama, it's not that. It's the, it's the powers beyond them who kind of set the agenda or try to in the entire west western world and i i feel like uh it, it and i feel like we are not the that our rights our sovereign citizenship is not high on the agenda of the people who want say world government and i think that they orchestrate tensions through the media and through agents provocateur particular people to create problems and those problems if they are addressed by the government often uh infringe on our rights so in this case you're going to say what's is the right to assemble absolute the right to petition absolute the right to free speech or the press is it absolute even if it makes people crazy and makes people do bad things that's the dividing line what is the difference between speech and action and that's what i think is in the the forum of public opinion right now that's what i think these protests these clashes are being manipulated or orchestrated or promoted or triggered to uh to to make that question fall on the side of you've got to have some controls in place and i think that's the beginning of the end for the first amendment um but i also think these this what's called the strategy strategy of tension about creating divisiveness at home is also uh that war and threats of war fears of war is a very powerful tool for the government to use to control 
the citizens. As a matter of fact, if any of you have listened to my show for a while, you know that I put a lot of stock in the report from Iron Mountain, which was called a hoax. I, I have... Uh, I don't think it was a hoax. It doesn't really matter because it, it lays out very clearly. It was a document produced by the government supposedly in the 60s that really laid out the role of war in society. And what it says is that war is the is the organizing force behind the modern state, this society. That it's not that war is is a device to protect society. It's, it's it is the underlying. Um, it's what keeps society together. And, and the way they talk about society, it's the hierarchy on which they are atop. <laughs> so it's for me, society could be a whole lot of other things. But if these guys only care about preserving power at the top and themselves in that position, really as a class, as an elite class is the way it's laid out. So if you think of it that way and you look at about uh, talking about North Korea, which I think if you if you listen to the kind of little slightly deeper propagandists like John Bolton and Bill Richardson and even Rex Tillerson came out and said they're not a threat. It's not that they're a threat. It's that the the feeling of a threat, the perception of a threat is important to for the people to remain um consenting to government. So the inside strategy of tension that's dividing us domestically and this fear of outside trouble all go to reinforce uh, power at the top, promote power at the top. And I feel like you have to look at the stuff that you're being fed from the, from the media in that light and dig a little deeper. So that's what I want to do. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I am going to go to Jalal in Sewanee. Hi, Jalal. How are you? Hey, how you doing? Good. What's happening? Hey, I mean, every time this, uh, they bring up Iran and North Korea and their, their nuclear weapons and all this, you know, it's just, you know, that it, it just, you know, it's just you know, there's just lies upon lies because these states got their nuclear technology, you know, under the basically the auspices of the United States government, you know, back during um, uh, Afghanistan, Soviet Union, and uh, the Mujahideen, and um, you know, we watched, um, you know, that technology go on the market, and then Iran bought it. Uh, Libya bought it and North Korea bought it. And, and, you know, so Carter, Reagan, Bush, um, Clinton, Bush, you know, all these guys watched that happen. And, uh, and there's, you know, there's no discussion about that. And, you know, so now all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. God, you can finish and then I want to tell you something. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's, here's the thing. You're touching on something that I have thought of and i actually have in my notes here there's two things i would do we have a trillion dollar a year roughly depending on how you slice it defense budget and that and no matter how you slice it we spend half of all well assuming we have the data but any any source i've ever seen we spend roughly half the defense dollars in the world so i think two things yeah everything we spend more than everybody added together correct so so here's here are my rules then i would say these two rules that nobody whoever sells or takes an order contracts or whatever for any defensive uh, material weapon technology anything that is used in the defense of the united states or is 
is contracted by the government, that company, that technology, all of that stuff stays in the government. You can never sell it as a company. You can't go to sell to other countries. Our government should not allow any country, friend or foe, any access whatsoever to our weaponry. And then the second thing is I would focus our spending on purely defensive measures, Iron Dome, Star Wars, all that kind of stuff at a trillion dollars a year at half the spending in the world. And actually, everybody else's spending would go down because we promote that spending. Sometimes our foreign aid, oftentimes our foreign aid is in the form of defensive of defense contracts. You don't like Egypt never gets the money. We send Egypt's foreign aid to Lockheed Martin. I mean, to put it shortly, but that's so, so you see what I'm saying? Like what you're saying, I think is touching on what I'm thinking, which is we're the ones who have these great technologies, these great weapons. And if it weren't for us, they probably wouldn't exist. So we should keep them together, you know, keep them close. And then we wouldn't have worries. Yeah. I mean, you know, and the thing is, is if you, if you know any operators, you know, guys who, you know, whose business it is to, you know, to do this kind of stuff. Um, if we don't want um, Iran or Israel or North Korea or, you know, to have the, the, the uh, technology, then then we could make it go away. Oh, I agree with that, too. Like, I, or I should say, you know, I was wondering yeah. about that. I was thinking, yeah, yeah, this mean, guy's I mean, got some firecrackers. Like, and Oh, you know, no, no, that's. I mean, it, it's just a, you know, I don't know, you know, what the goal is, you know, but, you know, the, the, the threat is like a, it's like a, um, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a fantasy, it's a ghost, you know, so. And if you and look at the role that North Korea plays in the world, it's not, it's, it's not so much an actual, th- it's not a threat to us in the here and now in a, you know, whatever, physical sense, but its existence gives us so much it gives us personally and their discussion their banter with the united states specifically is really the the most legitimizing argument for us being in asia for us having a a massive military presence in a theater that really should not uh that that people like china and japan whatever could have an argument against us being there and i think actually that was the whole point of uh, the Koreas uh, in the first place, that in after World War II, when Japan surrendered, the Soviet Union was in the top half and we were in the bottom half. And if we had gotten out, it would have reunited as a as a communist country. And we didn't want that. We wanted a presence there and we wanted influence in that region. We couldn't have that. So we used it as an opportunity to try to take the whole thing is my understanding of it. I mean, I could be wrong, but that's my understanding of it. And I feel like it still plays that role today and that our being there in South Korea against them allows this to be a U.S. involved um, hotspot that maybe maybe it's just as simple as our military industrial complex needs to keep the defense dollars flowing in all corners of the earth. I don't know. That's peeling the onion a little bit. Um, but I'm willing to do that next. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or if you want to talk a little bit more about what's happening in Charlottesville, uh, Richard, if you want to hold on, I'll take you next and I'll read some tweets on, on either subject at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Scattered storms tomorrow, high of 89 in the forecast. 
I'm back. And we we're talking a little bit about North Korea, but we're also uh, the breaking news of today is this uh, protest in Charlottesville. It opens a whole host of topics from where is this divisiveness coming from? Is it justified? Is it orchestrated? Is what you see what you get? Is it designed to increase the power of the state to erode our rights? Uh, There's so many things that come out of these uh, these conflicts. We can talk about that. North Korea, even that has its uh, the elements of tension that promote the government. I, I'm digging a little deeper today. If that's even possible, I always dig deep. But but I, I want to hear what you have to say. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Richard in Lithonia. Hi, Richard. Thanks for holding. What's happening? Well, you know, originally I called about what happened in Charlotte. The two are actually um, closely related, I guess. You're right. It's all about controlling the population. There were many union generals who are racist and haters, too, and... They don't ever talk about tearing down those statues and those commemorations because it's easier to elicit a response if you pick a Confederate general. And so they and they absolutely have elevated Lincoln to the status of a god. And right. if you look at some of the things he said, it would be highly offensive today. I'm not oh, I'm yeah. not picking on him, well, but yeah. I'm just saying it's, it's all about it's all about dividing the people. Yeah, it so gets stylized. Yeah, and then you look at Korea, and once again it. It's about controlling people because they're in fear, and what are they doing? They're looking to the government for protection and for a way of erasing this fear instead of looking at what the government is doing to take control over... Yes, it absolutely benefits them. The way we look at Kim and his funny hair and his ridiculous, like, Mm -hmm. weird way of speaking, you know, when the stuff gets translated, it's kooky. If you actually took a step back, and there's a, a, I was burned by this, it was like a Twitter feed from the fake North Korea, which sounds a lot like the real one. They have the same thing. This leader that says kooky things, who, Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of pops off, has kind of crazy hair, all that stuff, uh, it does feed into the... The power of the of the government against the people richard if you want to hold on i'll keep talking to you after the break otherwise um i will move on 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk you can tweet at me at monica perez show we can talk about uh what's happening in charlottesville what's happening in north korea or like richard was talking about what uh how they both work to strengthen the power at the top this is monica perez This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice, on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6. And we are uh, well enmeshed in a conversation about what happened in Charlottesville. And uh, and what happened, if you're just tuning in, this happened today. There's a protest. It was uh, Unite the Right as an organization that was protesting the Robert E. Lee statue being removed. And... It's beyond alt-right, in my opinion. Like, alt-right, I think, got, (laughs) uh, you know, made extreme. I think we had a tweet earlier saying it's now the controlled opposition, which, by the way, made some callers irate. So I'm happy to have that conversation if you want. But, um, But I am digging a little deeper on this, and I'm saying this is designed to divide us. Uh, I think it's ultimately so much of what we see going on today is designed to reinforce the power of the government to strengthen it, to actually transition us into a society very different from the American experiment 
where um, we have this Enlightenment era uh, and the true Enlightenment of the Bill of Rights, for example, that restrains the government and enshrines our uh, our defenses against the government. And I feel like stuff like this is a way to try to get a wedge in there against the First Amendment. And that's why they called it an unlawful assembly. That expression itself, I think, bears scrutiny. What does that mean exactly? But one, but we just heard the breaking news that a car plowed into protesters, killed, people, killed somebody, and injured protesters. Uh, from initial reports, protesters on both sides. They don't know who it was. They don't know the motive. And to me, that kind of an event, it just reminds me, I'm not jumping to conclusions, I'm not concluding, I'm just saying it reminds me of something I revealed on the show recently. Uh, I did a show on Crimea and Ukraine recently, and in that, I played some clips of the Estonian foreign minister talking to uh, the EU chick, Catherine Ashton, she's some kind of foreign I forget her exact title, but he was explaining to her that the protests in Kiev that really launched the civil war were were sparked. The violence was sparked by snipers that killed people on both sides, killed the protesters and the police with the same bullets from the same location. Somebody was there trying to trying to spark violence on both sides. And that I'm not saying that's what happened here. I'm just saying when I see stuff, uh, you know, I always reserve judgment as to as to how deep this stuff really is. And in this case, this this event was getting some press before uh, it started getting crazy this morning. And that kind of stuff just is a flag to me. But if you want to come down the rabbit hole or pull me back up out of the rabbit hole, if what you see is what you get, in your opinion, I'll go either way. I've got some great calls, but I've got room for more if you want to call 800-WSB-TALK, and we'll do some tweets, too. Uh, I am going to go to, uh, so if you're on hold, I'm going to go in order. Do a little bit rapid fire if you can uh, get to your point, and then we can get everybody in. I'm going to Mark in Atlanta. Hi, Mark. You're on with Monica. Hey, this, this is Mark. Hi, Mark. Yes, you are on the air with Monica. Okay, hey, listen. I'll try to be as brief as I possibly can and say it as fast as I can. But any time that you see something going on, even in like the protests and it is, and when you see the, the hot spot that we got in North Korea right now, if it wasn't in North Korea, it would be in Iran. If it wasn't in Iran, it would be somewhere off the coast of Iraq somewhere. Why is it that we can spend this much time and give our attention focused on this much time to do these things and no one, no one asks the question, ultimately, why? Why are we doing this? Why are we involved in this way? What does this do for the United States? Or is it for the United States? Is it for some elite group or whatever? Why, why, what is the ultimate outcome of North Korea? Why, why are we so concerned with that? Yeah, do you have an answer? Well, of course I do. Answer. My daddy told me always, follow the money. Yes. And it's all about oil, honey. Yep. And I think I think there's two... I, I will say this. So you said it's oil, all about oil. I would say... I always think of the military-industrial complex as a triumvirate of finance, which means debt, of defense spending, which means buying bombs, selling bombs, and the oil, the energy, subsidizing the owners of oil, the buyers of oil, the, the big oil companies, subsidizing them by softening up the people, the countries that have the oil, by using military and all that to get those uh, to get that oil out cheaper than you would otherwise have gotten it out. Or you could even go one step further and say, 
the the guys at the top and the West, they have all the money. They don't need it, but they want to make sure nobody else has it. So it's it's exactly. almost as good right. to keep exactly. it out of other people's right. hands. Yeah. And the military is just a leverage to make certain that it goes their way and they and they can control exactly what they want to happen when it happens. I you know, and I talk to I always try to talk to People I meet from different walks of life. I love Uber for that reason. And whenever, when I talk to guys in the service who have come out, they they would not be shocked to hear that interpretation that they are being used and exploited when they oh, go. I, absolutely and, not. Yeah. And, and I mean, even though that their their heart is focused and in the right place, of course, for the most part, yeah. Uh, but see, and, and and by God, please don't take our military away from us. But it's still a fact that they're being. Uh, manipulated and, and abused in the sense that what they're doing is. And I think that when they get out, a lot of them have their eyes opened, which is why you see every once in a while uh, these stories that make you think that that they like want to disarm vets, that they worry about their mental health. You, you know, I notice it every once in a while, and I worry because those are the guys you want on your side, the guys who've seen it, who are trained, you know what I mean? Like if it ever came to civil unrest. Awesome call. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm going to Jim in Fayetteville. Hi, Jim. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Hey, um, I got two things, one on Charlottesville and real quick on North Korea. Yeah, fine. I I realized last night that, you know, all the stuff between, you know, us and them, what we ought to do is just anytime let them know that they launch a missile, I don't care, we're going to shoot out of the sky. Of course, yes. And I think that would, like, let them know, let Israel know. And here's the thing. We can. So so part of this is that there's THAAD, which is like a not, I think it's a non, I think a lot of the anti-missile stuff, it was hard for me to bone up on this stuff in a hurry, but the the anti-missile stuff, there are like missiles that shoot other missiles out of the sky and stuff, but this THAAD thing is more of an, I think, I believe it's like an electromagnetic, I don't know what, but there's some in Guam and there's some in South Korea and they are missile defense systems. We have, when I think about it, if you, if you look at the trillion dollars a year we spend on defense, if we focus that mainly on defense there would be first of all you don't have to worry north korea doesn't have it right now and nobody nobody really argues that they do there was a washington post article that said they were read over the phone an excerpt from a defense intelligence agency report that said we think maybe they've got many news whatever so i'm not worried about that but uh but we but it's in our capability to be totally defend to defend ourselves keep going no that's what i mean is like you know just just let them know, hey, you shoot a missile up, we don't care if it's just a test or whatever like that, we're going to take it out. Yeah. And as far as Charlottesville goes, I'm just curious, why now? Why is this stuff, like, you know, we had the protest and uh, the statue removals back in, uh, you know, New Orleans, like that. Why now? Like, those things have been there, I mean, the Civil War's been over with for 152 years. Why now? Why in the last eight or ten months since Trump got elected is now all of a sudden... All this statuary doesn't, is doesn't you know, he inappropriate. Have, doesn't he have influence? Like, why Why is the country going that way? But, yeah, I would say I really think that if you look at, so Obama said we would have a fundamental, he wanted to fundamentally transform this country. And I, I don't think Obama or Trump are like the centers of power in the world at all. I'm, I'm just saying that is what he said. And what I think, I really, I look at this and I wonder if, whether Trump, I, I doubt Trump has any awareness if this really is a plan, but if if Obama pulled the pendulum as far as it would go one way 
And by snapping it back to Trump, they get they get a, a violent reaction that gets us back to where Obama or whoever he represents wanted us in this fundamental transformation of the country. And I think I would say this kind of conflict is meant to disconnect the South from its history, not from its history of slavery or segregation, but from its history of independent thinking. And I know it's hard for people to think that those are two different subjects, but they are, and I think that it's the second thing that's under attack. Yeah, well, I think part of it, too, is that the, um, like, well, there's no newscast. Like, they're talking about the alt-right. What was the alt-left? The alt-left starts it. I mean, they started oh, yeah. back in New Orleans, and now, oh. you know, the, the you know right unite or unite the right or whatever like that, that's the reaction to the uh, ongoing onslaught against this, you know, they're taking statues down. What is that? It's from 150 years ago. Yeah, why make such a a big deal out of it? Anyway, thank you so much for the call, Jim. It actually sparks, I think, at the bottom of the hour. I'm going to play for you some stuff that Binkley here, my producer, found that shows the left actually uh, teaching people how to do this stuff in in the nicest possible way. It's really kind of funny how cheerfully they tell you how to mess, you know, how to go in and disrupt protests and stuff like that. But... Yes, that that is they they talk about the alt right, but it's this it's this um and it's not even alt left, it's the left. It's the it's the mothership in my opinion. I'll play that at the bottom of the hour, but I want to keep going on the calls. Charles in Duluth, you're on with Monica. Hi Charles. Hey Monica. Love your show. I just wanted to say that Ulysses S. Grant was a slave owner. Two wrongs don't make a right. He did buy a slave from his brother-in-law, his wife's family in Missouri. They owned several dozen slaves over on their farm. Two wrongs don't make a right, but uh, Ulysses S. Grant was... Yeah, it demonstrates that the that the it's not it wasn't as simplistic. The issues were not as simplistic then, and that it really like why did these guys go back down to the south to fight? I think it was it was simply this idea that the state was your country. Exactly, Robert E. Robert E. Lee's uh, ancestors, the Lees, fought with George Washington to defeat the bully King George the Third from and got us independence from England. So. You know, there were 22 million uh, Northerners and 5 million white Southerners, and they were getting bullied up all over in Congress. And so Robert E. Lee, being a wise uh, and compassionate Christian Southern Virginian, he said, you know, I'm going to go with my, my heart, my, my ancestry, my beliefs, uh, my God, and and support Virginia. And that's well, cool. I. I think that there, the history is complex. You can get really credible books that talk about the economic background, the economic motives, the political motives, the provocations, and really thoughtful books that say really ultimately at its heart it was about slavery. And I, when it gets like that, I mean, even to this day, like I, even when I look at the Russia thing, I try to figure out what's really going on. Putin plays into this stuff sometimes. He plays into some things that I think are completely fake propaganda memes. You know, you just, it's its what my favorite podcast or one of my favorites, James Corbett says, is three-dimensional chess, that you, you can't always, it's not always as simple as it looks when you get these sound bites uh, on TV, especially 150 years later. So uh, 
but it's very again then then when you start talking about identity it gets very emotional and i think that's why they focus it on identity i don't really like talking about this stuff because nine out of ten times people misunderstand me or project onto me some uh feelings or um, generalizations that I'm really not making or I don't think I'm making and then and then it gets emotional which is why it's so perfect for to spark protests you know you just see hate in the other person both sides see hate in the other people and I think that's why it's such a powerful weapon the parallel can use to take away our very most basic rights all of ours not one side or the other we will all suffer 404 872 750 800 WSB talk if you Jake James uh you're up next. Hang on. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It is 83 degrees outside the studio. Skies are partly cloudy. I uh, have a time for a quick call. Jake and Habersham. Give me what you got. Unfortunately, I've only got like a minute. Go. Uh, well, my... My point that I want to make, and, and I'd like to get your opinion on this, is the religious statues and monuments that were torn down by ISIS and the religious extremists, um, how is that any different than taking down any statue, memorabilia? I mean, how is that any different than taking that away from the public? Of, of any leader, of any person that wants to be memorialized. Well, do you think... Uh, I'm going to answer your question after the break because I really do have an opinion on that. Do you do you like the statues of... Uh, you know, what if it's Saddam Hussein? You want to keep that up there? Well, and, and see, that's, that's the point that I want to make. If it is memorialized, um, who am I to say to take it down? That's an interesting... Because, yes. Because at, at that moment... Uh, in time, it was important. That's very, very interesting, Jake. Thank you so much. I'm going to get to that after the break. Um, James, hang on. You're next. He thinks this is meant to get us to hate Trump. 404-872-0750 or at Monica Perez Show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.